What's up, everyone? Welcome to a crossover episode of uh, It's Super Effective and GoCast. Uh, I'm your host, Steve. The other host here is Chris. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? We're here. Uh, we're, you know, like we're being a slowpoke on maybe <laughs> talking about Vegas. Well, I'm sure you guys have gone more in depth for Vegas. I got sidetracked with uh, Scarlet and Violet news, but we were both there. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say we are here, but more importantly, we were there in Vegas at the same time. Um, and yeah, I mean, easy for you to get distracted. There's a lot of stuff going on in Pokemon Sphere. There was Pokemon Day, like the next week and everything. And, uh, you know, it's easy for us because we just focus on Go. So yeah, yeah what else yeah. was there to talk about? <laughs> oh, you know, there's Sleep, which I guess has That's some true. Go integration, Unite. Groundbreaking. Yeah. All that stuff. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to give my thoughts on Vegas, and you were there, I was there, uh, the sand was there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think for, maybe you guys didn't talk about it, I'm also behind my podcast, so I'm sorry. I think the kind of the goal I wanted with our crossover episode is to really answer the question, or kind of explain maybe, if these in-person events are worth it, because I think there's going to be more this year. Mm -hmm. specifically you know go fest usually there's three locations it's always been somewhere in the united states somewhere in europe well mostly germany <laughs> and then japan yeah the thing i want to start off with right away because like is it worth it should you travel to this is there were like no kids in vegas no and i didn't really think about it until after i left the event now there were parents pushing strollers but I'm going to say like little Timmy in the stroller, probably not playing Go, probably sleeping. I'm sure there's going to be like somebody like furiously typing like my kids were there. I, I'm sure there were <laughs> kids there, but like the adult to kid ratio was like 95%. You have a job <laughs> and this is this has been a, a, a weekend for you kind of thing. Yeah, I think it was definitely much more representative of what you would probably expect is like the um, the normal event attendee sort of players. And I do mean even like local events like Community Day and stuff like that, because the average player won't. This is my understanding is that the average player doesn't really engage with all events all the time. They usually log in like, oh, wow, a community is happening right now and throw a few balls. Right. But mm. if if you pay attention, you're going to be there. And Pokemon Go really rewards having like a car and disposable <laughs> income and, you know, things that adults have that might be more difficult or challenging for like an eight or nine year old to, to get their hands on. Right. I mean, I remember like I, I uh, then thinking like there wasn't a lot of kids there. Again, there were kids, just not a lot compared to the amount of adults or or even like I, I would say, like, even if you separated out like between 20 and 50 like there were more mm -hmm. like older i don't want to offend anyone there were more older like retired folks than there were even kids which we know that from local communities that like yeah those people like to play the game too but i i kind of thought like if pokemon Get go came out when i was like 10 or 11 or even younger eight or nine like how much would i be playing it right and i feel like that's kind of dependent on the level of involvement you have like with your from your family and things like that like i was super into pokemon when i was 
10 11 right well, I, yeah, um, I was on my front porch trading cards left and right but that was even exactly. hard for me too because i was limited in what i had because i couldn't buy more or i'd have to it's, wait for exactly. a reason for my parents to get me a booster pack <laughs> yeah and if i had had a car right let's just imagine a world where an 11 year old can drive a car and that's a safe thing to do uh like i would have gone to tournaments for tcg and and you know tried my best or whatever but because like it just seemed like such a big ask for my folks, right? For me, to me to even ask, right? And I feel like Go might be a little bit different in that aspect because it's free and parents can engage with it without investing too much money or their time. And so, yeah, I guess this kind of just goes to your point, though. There are not being a lot of kids there at the event. I think it begs another question of did the setting have a lot to do with it because it was Vegas? Did it sort of like exacerbate that thing we already see <laughs> at like communities and stuff? Is it less kids because they had nothing else to do during the time? So why would they go or I don't know. I would say there was more families on Sunday, which is a very con thing. Like if you've ever been to a mm. PAX or a C2E2 or a Midwest Gaming Classic or whatever, right? They always uh, Sunday is always like family day. It's always like slightly yeah. cheaper. It's always like kids get in for free. So yeah, there were in my uh, I don't know. I thought my eyes were working uh, on Sunday. I definitely saw more families, but I also saw those families like throw in the towel earlier in the day. Like oh, it, you know, we were here since ten. It's two or three o'clock. Little Sally is getting fussy. You know, we we <laughs> finished our research. Time to go home, kind of thing. And then there were probably people more so your age or my age that were like, we're getting both days. We're grinding from morning to night. Um, we're grinding oh, yeah. even the Rayquaza after the event is over kind of thing. I don't know what to really do with that information besides like, I guess maybe the, the, the retort of like, oh, Pokemon is a kid's thing. And it's like these events really kind of focus on like people with money. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting, though, because I feel like if they had led out the gate when they started doing live events with something like this in Vegas for two days at the price points that they were pushing would have been um, rather ignorant to what they were or weren't, you know, expecting out of the game. And I think the this event and the way that it was priced and where it was and stuff like that is a direct symptom of the data they have on who is playing the game and who is spending money and who's going to these events. Like, I don't think four years ago we would have expected to see an event like this at all. I'm sure, I'm sure you talked about all of the issues that happened with the event. Um, yeah, <laughs> we did. <laughs> I think the thing that kind of stood out to me is it almost felt, and I saw other people uh, kind of uh, parrot this, it, it almost felt like this event was worse than the first GoFest. Oh, and uh, mm. I, I, you, you didn't go to the first GoFest, right? I did. I was. Oh, you there. did. Uh huh. Okay. What, yeah. what was what was your thoughts of the first? Because I, I liked the first GoFest. Issues aside, I, I had a great time. But what, what yeah. were your thoughts? You know, I had a great time too. Um, there's a lot of parallels between the first GoFest and this Go Tour event for me personally. The prime one is the amount of sunburn that I had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'd think I'd learn. Never learned that lesson. No, but the first GoFest was really cool. And I think it was intoxicating to me personally, like very a good experience because it's the first time I'd been in a group of Go players like that. 
and the energy was electric and there were food trucks. And I was like, wow, this is what I want out of a music festival, but it's for Pokemon Go instead. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that the game didn't really work just kind of gave all of us something to uh, have camaraderie about. It almost like fed into it a little bit. And I connected for like three seconds. I got my hair across and I was happy, you know? Yeah. I mean, but, during that time, too, there were no shinies. That's right. The raids just launched. So, like, their big debut was Lugia and then Articuno yeah. as well because Mystic won. Um, for as many people that are like, oh, my gosh, that first Go Fest was a complete disaster. It it was a disaster, but it was like like a bad movie that's so bad that you're like, I'm kind of having a good time. There are bad movies where you're like, I'm just walking out. And I th- there, sure. there were plenty of people that literally left. And they they only had that terrible experience. They left and they didn't really, I don't know, like listen to Niantic at the time. Now, that being said, I have a video of the crowd booing John Hankey on my YouTube. It's like my third most watched video. I don't just It's literally <laughs> like three minutes of just a bunch of people booing him. Um, Does it have the water bottle throw in it, too? <laughs> I don't know. OK, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. If it, has that. it might have. <laughs> I was not in the crowd. I was kind of above the crowd. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> uh, a little a little history here before we get to Vegas. I got there early. I had a press pass. And I remember walking through the uh, grounds before it opened. And it just rained, like, the night before. So everything was muddy. And I saw people were struggling to get things set up. So, like, before they even opened the gates, I was like, none of this is set up. And it's, like, super muddy. And, like, at the time it was cloudy. Obviously, the clouds went away and then we, everyone in line got sunburned. I was like, this seems like a disaster. And it was. Uh, And then, what, it was around noon. So, like, two hours after they were still trying to let people in. They were like, leave. The game will work if you leave. We're giving you $100. We're we're giving $100 in game. We're refunding your ticket. Please just leave. And I feel like the people that, like say that was the worst event they've been to or they'll never go to an event. I feel like they just didn't listen Mm -hmm. because there were because I stayed in the park and I didn't really care that much about playing Go. I stayed in the park because I was talking to people. I was trying to I was recording like little mini segments. So the game wasn't working for me at all. But like, cool, no big deal. But there were people as I was recording and as I was walking around, there were just people that refused to leave the park because they were like, I'm here and I want it to work and I'm afraid if I leave, it'll start working. But literally the second you walked out the gates and walked literally one street away, literally, 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 literally one street away, the game worked fine. You got so many like unknown hair, like everything was spawning and it was great. And they kept it on all night. And I remember walking around at 1 a.m. doing Articuno raids or Lugia raids and like Starbucks emergency stayed open later because like people (laughs) just come like it was such a great experience once you left the park. The same thing kind of happened here where Niantic was like the first two hours kind of busted and broken and they were like we're extending it three hours. Leave the park after six o'clock. Your experience will be there in the city. Right. But even in insofar as within the park itself, I mean, right when the event kicked off the first day, which was the, the one of the two days, we haven't specifically outlined what the issues were, but suffice to say the first day had connection issues for like the first half of the day. And right when it began, like 30 minutes in, everybody's like, oh, no, I, you know, I can't connect, yada, yada. They had people on go uh, golf carts, not go-karts, golf carts, 
going around telling people spread out. Everybody is focused right now at the, at the north or the south entrances. And I started walking laps with my buddy Tyler. And, you know, when we got in between, like the midpoint between those two uh, entrances on the sides, it worked a lot better. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of wish people had listened in that regard, too. There, there, there's not a doubt in my body that they, they don't have incredibly smart people working behind the scenes to make sure things are up. Now, the problem with the first yeah. GoFest is Niantic reached out to, I think this is well documented, they reached out to Verizon, they reached out to AT&T, they reached out to these companies and asked them to bring cows, cows or cellulars on wheels. And they all said no. They were like, you know, we, we've had concerts here. We've had this amount of this many people watching Bruce Springsteen over by the bean. Mm -hmm. We don't need that. But like the difference is the people watching concerts aren't trying to play a game the entire concert. <laughs> With their GPS on. Yeah, they might all have their phones open or sending text messages, but GPS can really jam up an area. Niantic did try to get the proper cows and cellular issues worked out, but they were told by cellular companies that it wasn't needed. Like, they're, they're, they can handle the traffic. Still, right. obviously, maybe Niantic should have pushed harder or, I don't know, like, just, hey, we want to pay you anyways, bring it out kind of thing. Their network, they they put up a whole Wi-Fi network in Vegas and you could see it strung up. It was actually like like set up well ahead of time, like the wires were hidden, like you kind of had to look for it. But like almost every single light pole had a repeater on it. Um, mm -hmm. They said that like twice the amount of people were on that Wi-Fi network and it just caused it to tank. <laughs> and somehow they fixed it. Uh, it started working halfway. And sun for the record, um, Sunday was flaw free. Like Sunday was. Yeah was very solid but we yeah we, i didn't have a single issue on sunday not really but i think i think why i kind of put this on the level of kind of worse than chicago is because uh, because not only did niantic refund tickets give us a hundred dollars tell us to walk two blocks over and everything would work and it did it did actually work there was two to three to almost four hours where we just couldn't play and yes, they extended it. But also, I felt like it's less acceptable now because they've done so many successful events up to this point. So it's like, what went wrong? Well, obviously, we know what went wrong. Too many people connected to the network. <laughs> but right, like, right. <laughs> so I, I have a question. I have a question for you. So what do you think they could have done? Because the, the difference is here, right? In Chicago, they said walk two blocks away. It'll work and things like that. Is that Chicago is a a, a general purpose uh, large city, right? Mm -hmm. Vegas is not general purpose, so I I don't think they felt as comfortable saying leave the park, go walk around the strip because there were some families there, and that might not be appropriate. There was no way to get to the strip unless you had a car, true, or unless you true. Ubered. Like I don't even think there was a bus line that went directly from strip to this park. Yeah, and the stuff around the park um, were just. Strip malls and parking lots and like six lane highway of like six lane roads, which were ultimately like, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if listeners know this, but like the more lanes you have in a road, the faster cars go. Therefore, when your sidewalk is right up against six lanes of traffic, it doesn't feel very safe as somebody who. No, <laughs> no, no. And so, you know, I do feel for them on that end, too. It's like, what what could they have done? Um, and I know you and I were talking about this at the event about the, the walls situation, it being fenced in, right? 
Chicago had fences and uh at was so it was a safari zone or was it go fest where where were you at that Berl- the- go fest berlin oh, right cuz that was within a place that was already fenced right yeah yeah i guess i guess the 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 consensus on twitter is like niantic you can't ask people not to come to a park which is true but i don't think fences i don't think asking niantic to build a fence is is the, is a good solution they already did that the first year and it didn't work <laughs> <laughs> no but <laughs> uh tell the people that are like well the germany event was fenced in which is true in the i think it's the brit brits britzer garden brits britzler garden that is a private park and so it already was fenced in and so for the day of the event so inside that park there's playgrounds there's like a little water park there's food stands there's uh like um community halls right everything you would imagine in a park i, I would argue maybe a little bit more because it was a very nice park they that park also had like six entrances and when you went up, you showed them that you had a ticket, they would give you a wristband, and then you would go in. And if you were just a normal person and you went up, the security guards would be like, we have a private event this weekend, you can't come in, unless you were a park pass holder. I, I, I'm sure there are other parks in the world that do this, I didn't really think about it, but like, there were families, and old folks and young folks running and or exercising, that were not playing Go, that were in the park with us because they were pass holders. And so mm-hmm. whether or not there was a private event, they pay a yearly membership to get into this park no matter what. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It sounds like a, like a botanic garden or a, like a city zoo or something like that, you know, yeah. something very similar. I don't think yeah. there's a lot of private parks in the United States. Maybe there are. No, no. We have some like disjointed. We have a botanic garden, botanic garden rather, um, in Chicago that's very separate from the city that would serve probably a similar purpose. But yeah, there's not a lot of private parks in the states. We don't. Mm-mm. If there's a park, we're like, we want everybody to see that we have a park. <laughs> yeah. The, the other thing it. about the Germany, um, the other thing about the the Germany Go Fest is there was multiple ways to get there. Yeah. There, there's like none of that in Vegas. It is no. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no infrastructure. I mean, like just like you said before, if you wanted to get anywhere from that park, really. You need to take a car. There is not super uh, friendly on foot routes to take from large place to large place in Vegas. Yeah. The, and um, that park was big. Yeah. And it, I think it was big enough for the event. I don't want to say it was like in the middle of nowhere, but there was really nothing to do. Like there was a subway there that ran out of bread. Um, <laughs> there was a McDonald's. But. Okay. Unless I'm misremembering, there were no food trucks. Uh, at the event, there were some food trucks. Oh, yeah, the ones in the yeah. middle, but like yeah, not the nearly. South like, like, no. There should have been food trucks at uh, North Entrance as well. And, North yeah. Entrance, there should have been food trucks over. Well, what was North Entrance? There was the entrance by the McDonald's. Was that North Entrance? Yeah. Because there was like a whole bunch of strip. So there was, there yeah. was, there was like no food trucks besides the, like the eight. Yeah, yeah, there was not enough there for sure. As somebody who somebody who waited in those lines for an hour twice, I can tell you, not enough. <laughs> and they all ran out of water. <laughs> yeah. So, and there were no water stations either. No, and I could have sworn the hydration stations were marked uh, marked on the map. Um, but I didn't see one whenever I was going around. And there were no so. charging stations either. 
No. And well, yeah, not really. And, and there were minimal benches and minimal cover, except for some trees in the middle. But two of those biomes, ancient shores and blistering sands. I love the blistering sands. We were, (laughs) I know you did. (laughs) Uh, it was a little bit rough. Uh, you know, if you didn't have a proper hat on or if you wanted to spend any longer than 30 minutes there without taking a break in the shade, it got to be a bit much. They've done these events before. Like, if this was like their first event and be like, ah, they had issues for the first three hours, but like after that it was smooth and Saturday, Sunday was smooth, you'd be like, ah, okay, no big deal. But like, this is not their first event. No, no. Uh, and there will be more events. And, and even, even something like the merch tent, there were what, two, maybe three merch tents? There were two, yeah. And when, I, when, we, got, when we got there at like nine, because everything started at 10. That was like, what, a 90-minute wait to buy a shirt. That's all they had. Just, just one shirt. Just, the, 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 just one shirt. <laughs> yeah, I know. At the south location, the line was so long, it almost uh, went to the parking lot where people were parking or being dropped off by. And people were mistaking that for the line to get into the event. Right. Because right? you just see the line. You're like, oh, I just got here. I must have to wait in this line. Um, yeah. So it was pretty wild pretty wild <laughs> and so like on the flip side in germany at GoFest, which was less than a year ago by the way they had so many merch tents that there was never a line now granted that park was huge and uh but like it was like i feel like you you just sell more shirts right like yeah. me as a like i could never imagine waiting an hour for a t-shirt i just even 15 minutes i'm like ah maybe i'll come back when the line's a little bit longer yeah. And and like obviously you're in line, you can still play go. You're stuck in that biome. You're maybe not getting as many spins or as many spawns because you're not really moving that much. But I can't <laughs> I just can't imagine spending an hour of my, you know, eight hours of FOMO, <laughs> like fear of missing out yeah, <laughs> experience yeah. in a line for a shirt. But it in, in in Berlin, it was just like Oh, two people in line. Great. I'll grab a shirt and keep playing. Like you're just it just feels yeah. like you you sell more shirts. You make more money when you have more places to just walk. Like that's the Starbucks thing, right? Like that's the whole concept about Starbucks being on so many corners is people don't want to wait. So if there's no right. line to go in, they get their coffee. They sell more coffee because like there's no wait. Yeah, it's, it's just creating more surface area for sales, essentially. Right. And I think you're 100 percent correct. I have another bone to pick with this, though, too. Uh, so as, as a tall, large human being, right, as I am, um, I always get, you know, several copies of a shirt or something like that. I get a 2X, I get a 3X. If it looks like it's going big, I'll get an XL, right? Cause they shrink, all that sort of stuff. They did not offer a 3X at all for the entire event, right? And to me, that seems like a miss because while Pokemon Go players uh, our active people like to walk and things like that. I think at a video game based sort of event, having more sizes on both ends of the spectrum would be a good thing to have. Yeah. You know, because small, small, small sizes for kids, because I don't think they had a, a kid size and oh, at no, least 3X, so. right? So, you know, I, I think that was a big miss for only having one item too. It's not like they had to stock several shirts. It was just the one event shirt. So why not go all out? It's not like you're not going to sell them. You know, so uh, I don't know that 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 one boggled my mind a little bit. It wasn't even like a Niantic booth, which 
go fests have had in the past where you know they just sell niantic merch and and whatnot yeah they, they had that at the um the st louis safari zone and at the st louis safari zone so that was in gosh i can't remember the park in st louis that's actually a private park um but it's not fenced in it's huge though oh. i can't remember what that park's called i went there for the st louis safari zone i also went there for community day um and the community day rained out but that park Huge, gorgeous, but I at the Safari Zone they had this huge tent in the middle of the park which had Pokemon Center stuff where you get plushes. You could also get the shirt. You could get the Pikachu with like the 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 Fedora or whatever, like the Safari Zone Pikachu plush. And then they over they had like a Niantic booth where you could get Niantic stuff. So I don't know. In my head, I'm like, Safari Zones are the lowest tier event go fest are the biggest tier event and it feels like something like this should be in the middle but like yeah not a lot of food trucks no water stations no charging stations only one shirt to sell a great point you made like nowhere to really sit <laughs> like yeah yeah which is strange and i understand like you know in certain cities you are dealing with certain amounts of populations especially you know like in a warmer state like I know when I visited Austin last, there was a lot of infrastructure there to help with people um, not just staying on the street. Right. And so I know that Vegas, Vegas struggles with the same sort of thing. But but this is where that sort of stuff backfires by not having seating and and correct levels of comfort with your like public facilities. It's a public park too. like, come on. Uh, and what we <laughs> what we mean by seating and this was this was something they had in South Korea. So South Korea was also a safari zone. South mm-hmm. Korea did not have um, any merch. So no, no merch at all. But they had these huge tents for Mystic, uh, Instinct, and Valor with proper seating. And obviously those are, those are at GoFest as well. Of these, huge te- these big tents they put up for shade, for seating, uh, for like k- trading. But also that park had a lot of ways to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> they they had um they did did uh i think vegas had pikachu and eevee come out or maybe it was just pikachu they did have uh, i think both of them yeah um south korea had that as well so did germany um but south korea also had a bunch of pikachu statues for um photo opportunities oh. and they were like really nice statues i know like GoFest had like cardboard cutouts of candela and blanche and spark and like that's fine whatever <laughs> um Gotta get your dab next to Spark. Right, right, right. (laughs) So all of these events are like slightly different. And I feel like they all have pros and cons. I know we just spent like 25 minutes kind of complaining about the issues. All in all, like if you if you go to one of these events with like, okay, the first day of the event might not work, but like they eventually figure it out and and then in a couple hours it's fixed. Like, I, I still think they're worth traveling to. And I still think they're fun. Like, I don't, even though I'm like, man, there were so many issues, it kind of puts on the level of the first GoFest. Like, once everything was working, like, the event was actually, like, rock solid. And you'd be like, well, I wish they had more tents. I wish they had more food options. I wish, like, the park was not so hard to get to. I don't know. I still had a good time. Yeah. One thing in particular I want to call out about this event that I thought was really great was the way that they did the, the Spinda, uh, daily research and the yeah. today view. Uh, so just if you weren't familiar with this listener, they had, um, they had Spinda stops, eight of them and they were littered throughout the park. 
And one of the, one of the research things that you had in your today view was to spin all of them. And each one you spun would reward you with an encounter with a spinda, but they were placed on the outskirts of the entire loop. And so if you wanted to get that done, you had to literally explore the whole park. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was great. Yeah. No, there's like a lot of things that were like super clever. Yeah. You're a million percent right on the spinda. I thought it was like a great way to make spinda encounter. Another thing mm-hmm. that was really great. And uh, I said this on my show and I'll, 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 uh, I'll say it again is like, I, I hate, we saw this with the main series games. So when, when sword and shield were coming out and they were like, Oh, we're going to do an ad. We're, we're, we're cutting the national decks. Like all games going forward, we'll have limited Pokedexes and we're doing this because like we want to, you know, craft a more better experience or whatever they said. Right. And the consensus that you saw on social media, obviously, maybe the minority of people, but very loud minority were like Game Freak's trying to kill Pokemon. Game Freak hates Pokemon. Like, like this sucks. Like, why don't they like like our players? And I felt like we kind of we've seen this with Niantic, too, of like. Niantic rather cares about Peridot or Niantic is all in on the NBA game or like Niantic just hates Pokemon. And I just don't think that's true. Like you and Mm -hmm. I both have talked to a handful of people at Niantic. And again, I said this on my show, I've probably talked to like 30 Niantic people. I think one of them didn't care about Pokemon. Like they were just like, ah, it was a job. Um, I'm trying to get more into Pokemon, but it was it was and they no longer work there. So like whatever. But like every uh, like the other 29 people out of 30. They just you you can tell that they love not only the game, but they like genuinely like Pokemon like they have favorite Pokemons. They have like I started playing red or blue or I started with like Ruby and Sapphire. But like the thing that kind of really stood out to me was like the Reggie, the Reggie thing. Like they put these really cool Reggie rock rocks (laughs) in the park. Um, and then on the back was like a secret code to like get the Reggie encounters. And that was supposed to be like a fun surprise for trainer. Obviously that surprise was like ruined because somebody got it and they went to social media before the event even started. So it wasn't like ideally the in-person people were supposed to like find it and then communicate it out. But like there are pockets of like the Spinda, the Reggie rocks, like the team rocket tent. It was like really cool to see like blue flares go up or red flares go up when like either Kyogre, they kind of mess that up sometimes too. But like (laughs) the, the, the thought process of like these flares going up, like there's so many little things. Then this is why I go back to like, I had a great time because it's all like the little things they thought about and whether or not they executed them well, that really added to the experience. Like, yeah, of course it'd be nice if they had more water stations or more restrooms or um like there wasn't a giant rock pile in the middle that people were climbing but like they did (laughs) (laughs) i feel called out steve i feel called out (laughs) they did put thought into trying to make like an event that pokemon players would appreciate Mm -hmm. not even like go players just like actual pokemon players yeah i i would agree too i mean all those little all those little touches could not have been done by a team of people that did not care or were passionate about it at all and it's interesting to see the sort of extra care that they're also giving to something that's like Niantic only, right? Like Team Go Rocket is their creation. Um, you know, they're not using regular Team Rocket assets, really. Team Go Rocket is specifically different. And it's really cool to see them give life to those characters. And they feel like canon Pokemon characters because of that level of investment that they've done for that, you know? So that's really, really cool. But yeah, I mean... 
<laughs> to me, honestly, the biggest takeaway, it's all really cool. It was cool to see the, the bigger volcano. Again, I wonder how much paper mache that took. Um, <laughs> and it was cool to see the spinda, all the things you listed. And there's also a bunch of stuff that were, that was there that were really cool that we're not even mentioning. There's a lot of little things throughout, especially in the research story too. But for me, nothing is going to replace the, the experience of being in a space with other Pokemon Go trainers like that, like that sense of this is my tribe is really palpable there. I mean, e even the uh, Los uh, Angeles Ultra Beast event that we both went to as well. Oh, yeah. Like on paper, on paper, I'm not sure if that event sounds enticing or sounded enticing for somebody to travel into. But in person there, it was pretty hype. It was really cool. Yeah. You know, so it, it's it's a toss up. You know, if you're not the sort of person that likes live events, then you might not enjoy it. You might feel overwhelmed. But I'm I'm an introvert in a lot of ways. And, and I, this is what I this is what I think people that go to music festivals probably. Feel yeah. Like, yeah. I know? mean, like the the I guess the argument is like the, the a good comparison is the music festival, right? Like you can go see all the. I could have went to go see My Chemical Romance, like down yeah. at the U.S. Bank Stadium or whatever, whatever stadium in Minneapolis they they went to. I don't actually remember, but like that was a three hundred dollar experience for mm. like like average seats. <laughs> like I'm sure nosebleeds right. were like eighty bucks, and somebody could look at a person and be like, "You're going to spend three hundred dollars to see a band when you could just stream their music for free on Spotify." Right. And I am sure there are tons of people that are flying in and then also spending $300 to see said band. And I just think about, I think, I, uh, uh, to, to be clear, you and I, we, we paid for our own flights and ho own hotels to Vegas. Um, yes. Niantic yes. has paid for us to go to events in the past, but not Vegas. They did pay for some creators. And that's... Kind of like Niantic being like, we want, we can't pay for we uh, everyone, but we want to make sure everyone gets like this, like experience. <laughs> it. I get it. I take it as a as a sign that that hopefully that that will be an investment in a future event. I'm just super excited about this year. Yeah, you know? but I I spent fourteen hundred dollars to go to South Korea myself. Right, that's yeah. how much the flight was, uh, and then I spent another a thousand dollars on a hotel, and I went by myself. <laughs> Like I didn't, I I didn't know any. I I don't even know. I can barely speak English, so I'm like in this country that like I I I I don't know any Korean, right? And I think like Japan for for better or for worse, I've been to Japan too. Is like more English friendly, whatever. I, I do air quotes because like that's what people tell you. It's like very hit and miss for Japan, mm -hmm. depending on mm -hmm. where where you actually go. Going to South Korea. Going to a safari zone, which I would argue is supposed to be a smaller event than what we went to in Vegas, was worth it. Because not only did I have two days of pogo in a park, uh, I got to experience South Korea. And I don't know if I would have went to Vegas because I don't care about gambling. I, I don't drink mm -hmm. without something to entice me to go. And I ended up really liking Vegas. Again, no gambling. No drinking, but like I went to I went to a couple shows. Uh, Vegas has some of the best food I've ever tasted. Granted, it was very expensive food, but like <laughs> killer food. 
Uh, and I I ended up really liking that city because it was great to roll out of bed at 3 a.m. and be like, I can walk down the street and 40 restaurants are open and I can get a bomb hot dog at 3 a.m. Yeah. Like, it's a really cool city, even if you don't care about that stuff. So I, it's it's almost like I would have never had that experience if I didn't care about Go. Oh, because you would have never had another reason to go to Vegas. Right. Yeah. Or or South Korea. Right. And that, that one particular weekend. Right. Like that was so it's like a catalyst for that sort of experience. I 100 percent agree. I mean, like I've been to I've been to Vegas before. Um, I had also been to Seattle before. Right. But mm-hmm. both of those experiences were very different when I was there as a tourist. Right. As opposed to when I was there as a go player, because my priorities are very, very different, <laughs> you know, but like. Los Angeles was a new location for me, and I was super happy to walk up and down the the Walk of Fame and and do a few things there. I think you're 100 correct on the nose. Uh, for Vegas, I I avoided the Strip at all costs, but that's because I've already done it before. I'm good, you know. Like, <laughs> see with with, with uh, L.A., I don't ever want to go back. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I did the Wax Museum. I'm good, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hello. Hi. We haven't done a Patreon ad in a while, so here's a Patreon ad. If you are a current listener or a new listener or a long-time listener and you're looking for a way to support or if you like what you're hearing, you can support us over at Patreon, patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. And that gets you a bunch of stuff if you're interested. First off, it gets you access to our Slack community, which has over 700 trainers talking and trading and doing a bunch of stuff over there you know what you do in like a slack community you also get access to ad free episodes of the show so if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app you'll be able to skip the ads and get some bonus music instead of listening to you know the two or three ads that we run every single episode you can support us also at higher levels you'll be able to get postcards stickers posters a bunch of other stuff happening and I appreciate it because this is what I do for a living. I bring you Pokemon news and talk about Pokemon and people listen and still shocked to this day that people listen. But but if you want to support, you can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. Or if you can't remember that, uh, it'll be in the show notes. Or if you want to remember something else, you can go to isc.cash. Patreon safe, secure, and easy way to support the show. Um, if you start supporting us today on the 13th, you'll get charged every day on the 13th. So Patreon, up that. Also, if you want to save money, and if you support us at a full year, you get two months for free. So if you're interested, like I said, patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of the episode. So the the last thing I want to want to talk about is just like comparing this to the worldwide event because shiny rates were not the same the hourly biome thing was you know something they repeated which i think niantic does that well i think putting yeah like changing it out every hour i think is great but it didn't i I think the obvious thing was like it didn't feel like kanto it didn't feel like johto because those were only worldwide events and this was an in-person but on the flip side this was free and it was two days and it was the same two days so there was for better or for worse like you know when people complain about community days only being three hours and only being on one day and they miss it because of work it at least solves that problem of like if you miss saturday 
it's the same thing on Sunday. And yeah, if you yeah. if you can't play in the morning, it's the same thing in the afternoon because the four hours repeat and it's free. So you're not like spending five dollars and being like, well, I could only play for one of the two days. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a I mean, it's a worldwide game. So like and there's so many players. It, it does feel like Niantic's always in a lose lose position. To try yeah, to I, appeal to everyone. I definitely do have sympathy for them in this case, but there were a couple of things that the decisions or differences rather uh, with it that I, I felt were a little bit puzzling because it's not the first go tour event. Right. And for me, the most hallmark feature of the go tour events for Canton for Jota was the collection challenge. Get everything. Yeah. Right. And that was missing from this. I know some people lamented the fact that they had to do that much work for the event in order to complete it and stuff like that. But they also paid for a ticket. So at that point in time, you want to get your money's worth. And with this being free, I don't think that's necessarily a misstep. I just feel like it's having some sort of like identity crisis. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like for me. It felt like a, like sort of like a weekend general Hoenn celebration instead of like a go tour event of what we've been conditioned to expect. Right. Yeah. I think I think you worded it perfectly with like identity crisis because it felt if you remove Johto and Kanto and those past experiences for a free event, it was great. But I don't think people can separate like what they paid for before with this very curated experience and be like, well, this feels lackluster. Because, again, I think for a free event, it was like pretty, pretty solid. Like I I got six shinies both days and I didn't even play all eight hours. I. And I didn't even really go that hard, like, because I was like, ah, yeah. I don't need to tap on any more um, skiddies. It's fine. I have enough. <laughs> yeah, I was ill during that weekend, so I didn't get to do the sorts of plans and group play that I had originally thought of. I was just in my car with my windows up and my mask on, you know, and it was it was different. But I definitely walked away with a fair amount of shinies. And I think I played on average like six out of the eight hours uh, each day or sorry. Seven out of the ten. Six or seven out of the ten, right? Yeah. You know what's yeah. funny is we're we're forty minutes into this podcast and this is the first time we brought up shinies. Because <laughs> I, I think yeah. I think a lot of there are a lot of pogo people that shinies is the thing that keeps them going. I hear you. I see you. Like I get mm-hmm. it. Right now, for me, I don't want them big Pokemon, right? Don't care. <laughs> like if they're shiny, cool, but like I like the big, I like the small. Everyone has different things. Yeah. With all the issues of the first like three, four hours of Vegas, none of those had to do with the shinies. It was just like the the wanting to like play the game. It wasn't even like, oh, I'm missing shinies. It was like, I just want to play. Right. Right. I, I would even consider the event was bad if I had like two shinies either. Like I, I think the event overall was really good. It just wasn't working. <laughs> Yeah, I, I tend to I tend to separate it in my brain when we talk about it on the show of like answering the first question that you that you led with today was was the event worth it? And we kind of use this methodology for each event. What was the intended way to play versus how it actually panned out? You know, connection issues and things like that. We are very used to as Go players, especially if you're a Go player that goes to uh, live events or you live in New Zealand. Like you're very, very, very used to that sort of stuff. Um, but you have to give credit where credit is due. And I feel like you're doing that with the global tours that the way that it was designed as a free event was exceptional. So whether or not you have an opinion of what it should have been 
what it was was pretty good. And yes, it could have been something different that you paid for, but that wasn't even an option. It's not like you paid the same price and got less. It was free and they just changed how the event worked. Yeah. And I can't see them going back to the Johto and Kanto ways. I know, unfortunately. I think it's it's very, <laughs> yeah. you want the in-person curated experience. And again, I think it goes back to concerts. Like, do you want to go see Lady Gaga in person? And she's going to put on a heck of a show, I'm assuming. Um, or do you just want to stream her music and appreciate it that way? Or what some concerts do, do you want to like pay the $20 fee to like stream the concert live and kind of get that like middle experience of like, I'm watching it, but I'm not there. But this is one step up from Spotify. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you kind of have to like test the waters yourself, like go to an event, see how it feels, you know, if it's for you or it's not right. Like. Like I, I would not be able to hand uh, handle a live music event, but I would probably go see the Gorillas live. But I don't know if I'd want to go see like, I don't know what's a band. Oh, this is a bad thing for me to lead into. I, now I'm, I'm just I'm gonna too fumble. old to stand in a group of people. Like, there you go. Does, yeah, does, like... does the venue have seating and can I sit down? <laughs> as a six-two guy who's a big dude, I'm always like, "Am I in your way? Yeah. Can you still see?" You know, like. <laughs> But I, you know, I just I feel like there's nothing that's going to replace these live events. But the the commu- okay the, the big issue that I had overall was the communication of the things from Niantic during this event, the the Hoenn tour event, and then the way that those sorts of things fell uh, fell apart to a degree after the fact. Right. So there's two main things that it, we, if we can talk on them brief briefly. Yeah, yeah. But I, the, I'm the in first a rush. one. <laughs> Okay, great. Okay, cool. The The first one was that tweet that they put out about like, hey, there were connection issues the first day and we had 17,000 extra trainers in the area that caused connection to be clogged, right? That, that mm. caused some issues. And you can look at this at least two ways, probably more than two ways, but you can look at it as as one, people were outraged and they were like, like, oh, sorry, we went to the event that you told us to go to or we showed up your, at your event because we care about your game. So sorry. Like people just being uh, a little bit indignant about that. But the other way you could look at it is even if that's true, were was everything done to mitigate that possibility? Because that has happened in the past, right? We've had GoFest in the past where more people are hanging out in the park. Seattle was like this, and they took measures to limit gameplay in the park and outside of the park. And for Vegas, they still had access to gyms, and primal raids were in gyms. So that was still a huge draw, right? Right. So this this is the thing I noticed is when, when we were walking around, I noticed so many people being like, I did this primal raid, I didn't get any mega energy. Or sorry, primal energy. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Which which just tells me like, oh, that's because you don't have a ticket. That's that's why you didn't get the primal energy because you can still see the raids now. For for anyone who hasn't been to uh, uh, one of these in person events, and again, I, I think I think you see a lot of people being like, well, it goes back to what we said earlier of like Niantic telling people not to come to the park. While I think that that message was maybe tone deaf in some instances. There is, there is, there is like some truth to it of like, 
Niantic being like, don't come to the park because there's no experience for you. Yeah. If you have never been to one of these live events and you don't have a ticket, you're going to show up to ultimately a dead zone. There are little to no spawns. Niantic removes the stops. I think there are some stops on the outskirt that are like the park park, like the baseball field. Right. But like, yeah, if we walked over to the baseball field to spin that stop, we wouldn't be getting like Zigzagoon or Kecleon because it was outside of the park bounding. So like you get there and there's really there's nothing for you to catch. I mean, you could turn on an incense, I guess, and like start walking and just catch your incense. There's nothing to really spin. There, the, you you can't actually like play the game, yeah, in a way you would. So like, so I think that's why Sunday is was such a better day because what happens is you have this influx of people that are like, oh, there's this go event. I don't have a ticket, but I'm still going to join my friend who does have a ticket, and I'm just going to play alongside him. And then you you get seventeen thousand people or however many people to show up and then go, oh, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. And then on top of that, how do those people leave the park? Because they probably <laughs> arrived in a car. Mm-hmm. You know, if my significant other was like, hey, I, I, I don't I don't care that much about Pokemon Go. I'm going to show up. I'll just play alongside you. And then they can't even play. And then what do you do? Like, oh, let me take you home. Right. Yeah, it's complicated. I feel like they should have maybe put like a like a free like a frequently asked questions or a functional guide or something like that, like a what to expect post that was somewhere that was that was really big, just as big as their promotions and pushes pushes for selling the tickets to the event. It's like, hey, these tickets are sold out. Just a reminder, if you still plan on attending, you know, uh, the event live, here's what you can expect. And even if the bullet points are nothing, <laughs> that's still something. I mean, I saw so many tweets from people that were like, hey, we showed up even though we couldn't get a ticket, but we made a we made a plan anyway and we showed up and there's nothing to do. It's like, well, for us, we're like, well, of course there wasn't. It was a ticketed event. What did you right. expect? Well, I mean, but that's like, never clarified. Ahead right. Of time, you, you know? Yeah, you're right. And like we that, that problem didn't exist in year two or year three of Chicago, which right. were um maybe because the first year all the chicago in chicago people knew that like oh if we show up it's just a dead zone for us <laughs> so so you get seventeen thousand people showing up with no ticket they can do raids technically um although they're not getting the mega energy they can pop an incense um they can wait in line and buy a shirt they can wait in line and do food trucks they yeah. can meet with pikachu and eevee little stuff yeah like like, that. The, yeah. They, like they can do stuff but it's like not a great experience and i think that is somewhat niantic's fault uh for not communicating that but also i think i think it, it's the fault of the park of not being able to leave or get there easily um and i think uh and i think it does hurt this sounds very like selfish but like i do think it hurts the players that are there right because an influx of players ruins the network. More people in line, like more communication issues it will, in line for shirts, in line for food, in line for bathrooms. Like, right. Like Niantic is trying to curate an experience and they don't expect 17,000 extra people to show up. And then all of a sudden, like, what do we do with these 17,000 people? <laughs> like they're here. They didn't have a ticket. So I, I definitely see both sides. I don't know how they fix that. Um, also, I've just had terrible experiences in like, like Chicago specifically of like trying to trade with people that after mm. 30 minutes realizing, Oh, you don't have a ticket. 
and they uh, they don't tell you that right like you're you're in the trading booth you're trying to trade like you're thinking like oh maybe it's AT&T ah maybe it's a Verizon issue ah maybe it's a Niantic issue like reboot the phone reboot the app all right maybe let's go to customer support and then all of a sudden the person's like oh yeah I don't have a ticket I'm just here and it's like oh well that, <laughs> thanks for wasting 30 minutes I wanted to trade you this yeah now that that is really frustrating but i you know the communication uh snafus don't just stop at the one thing whether it was or wasn't communicated even some of the aspects that were communicated like how primal surge was supposed to work as an as a function of the vegas event was super unclear for a lot of people and you know if i got the the ruby ticket was i uh, why am i seeing sapphire spawns oh yeah that was me for like Three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of people, though. You know what I mean? Like, it just that the amount of people that that didn't understand that when that was detailed in the blog was a little mind blowing to me. Uh, so I, I I feel like maybe we sometimes get caught up in the presentation. And by we I mean Niantic, not not we as in you and I, but like Niantic can get caught up in the presentation of it a little bit. But when it comes down to the brass tacks of like what this event is, what you can expect out of it, that gets lost sometimes and i feel like for an event like this when you're going to make big changes and things like that and it's an exclusive ticket and event not doing so is is anti to the effort of like mitigating those attendance issues of like things being clogged up you know because maybe they could stop from seventeen thousand extra people showing up it could just be three thousand extra people showing up because they want right. to walk around with their friends that's so much more manageable it's like within the hopefully it's within the margin of of error for what they expected for server load. Yeah, but, and I, I'm you know. sure that there are there were people that showed up that were like totally okay with just popping an incense and walking with their friend. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good friend if they're gonna like not have this experience and walk in a desert and like be covered in sand after four. That's a good friend. Keep that that keep that person around. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know how Niantic. I, I don't have a communication nature a major. I don't know how Niantic is like. We're telling you not to come because you will have a terrible experience. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it is like I think you said though too, it's a little bit of a lose-lose. Cause if they had said that I've tried like wordsmithing that tweet in my head, talking over with my co-host Kyle a few times. And uh yeah, I don't know. It's easy for us to say, oh, they should have worded that better. Yeah, but how? Like I don't Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer to that either. Oh jeez. The the second thing I wanted to bring up was the uh the egg enthusiast bonus that carried over to global for those of us that had it in Vegas. Mm-hmm. There was this communication on Twitter that the egg enthusiast bonus somehow didn't work for people that were in Vegas. I didn't really see any of that. Myself. I didn't have that. I, I didn't have that issue. Yeah. Uh, so it, to me, it seemed a little bit extreme to just let us use it on global as well because it was a very lucrative bonus, like very lucrative. And I didn't see a lot of people talking about it, but there was a little sentiment of, you know, oh, that's a bummer. More people getting access to things that I don't have and I don't even have the chance to buy it after the fact. You mm-hmm. know? So I just I'm curious what your thoughts are on on that, because I was kind of like, oh, this feels a little bit bad, but I, I appreciate them doing something for what apparently was an issue. Right. Right away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think the three hours afterwards for. I mean, they they say it was like two hours of issues. I, I would say it was like three to four hours of issues because there were pockets where like it didn't work. Yeah. Going into the city was like fine. But also, 
I feel like Niantic misses the mark on asking their players for a lot more time without understanding like, okay, you needed two to three more hours to fix this. We're, we're standing outside in the heat. We're, out, we're, we're like trying to play. And you're saying, okay, here's, here's the three hours back. But it's like, I've, I've, you, already, you already got eight hours out of me. <laughs> right, right. I, I don't know. I don't know what the what the fix is, because like I, I, I want to get my three hours back in a way of like missing bonuses and stuff. But I also want to explore Vegas, but I also want to go get dinner. I, I, I think I'm speaking for other people like it's really hard just to plan something out and then obviously things go wrong. But then to drop what I also had planned off to like give this game more time. Yeah, especially when we just went all in this entire conversation earlier about one of the benefits about these in-person uh, events is exploring the place. And if you're like, well, I wasted three hours this morning in the park, and so I want to get my money's worth and spend three hours of my evening doing it, that's what you would have done, going to dinner, going to shows, or, you know, I, it's a unique problem for us, but, like, organizing groups to meet up and things like that, right? That that becomes that much more difficult. Mm-hmm. That's why I kind of... <laughs> So I kind of think the the Chicago event was kind of better than this because they were like, here's a hundred dollars in game credit yeah. and here's your money back. <laughs> Get out of here. Good game. See you next year. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think the egg enthusiast thing of like, OK, we restored that next weekend. I'm sure there were plenty of people that bought a two day pass that didn't add on the egg enthusiast. Yep. I think they could have done more for the people who showed up. That being said, I think I think the event was good. But I'm looking at the event in two eight-hour spans minus three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in the same boat. You know, I walked away from that event having had a wonderful time, regardless of issues. Like, we got to hang out for a while. That was awesome. We're on the blistering sands doing laps. Yeah. I was there with a bunch of people from my community, too. Like, Tyler was there. He hung out all day. Like, a lot of people. And, you know, again, it's just great to be around other trainers. And I wouldn't trade that for for anything. But to defend some of these things on paper is really difficult. And I feel like Twitter just kind of makes a showcase of that sort of communication not working very well. Right. It's almost like you're, what you're reading on Twitter from people that are actually not at the event are just like, uh, where did you get your information from? <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm here so, right now. <laughs> so it's kind of like a perhaps a closing uh, thought here. What do you rate this event i want two separate ratings if you could uh, a rating for how the event was supposed to go versus how the event went out of 10 uh, i don't believe in sevens um okay okay i i would say that this is probably closer to a. I i would say this is a six out of ten for me okay and that's based on the experience you had or the experience that you should have had uh i would say that was based on the experience I had okay, and for me it was again the 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 I guess where it's docking points is it's is not even like the technical issues because I guess I expected sure. that for yeah. me it was it was food it was transportation the like no tents no seating kind of thing and it was the park itself was a bad park I don't know how Vegas convinced Niantic to do this. <laughs> and if you if you look, Vegas has a lot of events this year. Like they are so desperate for tourism and they're so desperate for money. So obviously, like cities place bids because they want people to come. 
I don't know what pictures or how they swindled Niantic to be there, but that park was like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like that park was <laughs> under construction. Like the park yeah, had it was... a giant mountain of dirt in the middle of it that they had to pay security guards to stand on because yeah. they didn't want trainers to walk on the pile of dirt. But the pile of dirt was there because they were trying to build like a river like in the the ancient shores. There was mm-hmm. no water in ancient shores. It, it It was a bunch of rocks. Yeah, there was desert biome, other desert biome, and then other desert biome, but it had shrubs. Yeah. Pretty much. And, okay, the, the pile of dirt thing was very cool to climb on before they told us we couldn't <laughs> climb on it. Because you got up there, it's right next to the volcano. I got a beautiful picture of everybody in the field, you know. And then they were just like, get down from there. That's not part of the game experience. And I was like, I know, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand either. I mean, there are parts of that park that are absolutely beautiful. All the stuff around that, like, middle, I hesitate to say lake. It's like a pond. Um, a yeah. glorified sort of pond. Yeah, you could walk around the whole thing in like 20 minutes. Yeah, and, and that was cool. And they ha- they did have a pavilion. There were a couple of things there that were great. But the other areas of the park were just so wide open and at the mercy of the elements. And in Vegas, there's only one element and it's sun. Um, it's It got just to be a bit much. I think you're right. You know, Lincoln Park was cool. There was a lot of, there was a lot of walking there. But once you got to locations, they had those vast team tents. That we were lacking at this event. They had smaller ones that had like all three colors of the flags, mm-hmm. but no specific team. They didn't have like the bean bags, all that sort of stuff that we've seen at other Go Fests in the past. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. <laughs> See, even I would, I would put like, so the two Go Fests, I would probably put Seattle Go Fest at like really like a nine out of 10. Yeah. I, I think that, I think they killed it with Seattle Go Fest. Um, I think the like, the only thing that really bothered me about Seattle Go Fest was the trading and how like it was really weird to trade if you had like flip tickets. Yeah. Um, and I think the flip tickets was really messy if you were trying to play with certain people like, oh, like you got morning instead of night and I got night instead of morning like that was in itself a little bit messy. But I think it was it was one of Niantic's best events. And then I would even maybe put the Germany Go Fest at a nine out of ten because transportation there was good there were so many food options there were so many ways to enter and leave that park um that park was absolutely gorgeous there was plenty of places to like sit eat relax shade again none of this has to do with like shinies um right yeah it really has to do with like the atmosphere they're like providing and like feeling comfortable and like feeling like you can spend the day there because that's what at the end of the day, that's what Niantic is asking you to do. They're asking you to spend eight hours in a location. Um, <laughs> and are you going to have a good time in that eight hours? And I, I gosh, that we didn't talk about it until now, but man, that park was not a great park. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It certainly was enough space, but lacking those facilities. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, even even in the in the car only option, like they had two tiny parking lots. Yeah, yeah, and the way that that was set up for Ubers leaving and and coming in was uh, was hectic a little bit. Uh, a right, a lot, a lot of traffic. Lot yeah, of traffic. I talked to my one Uber driver because I literally uh, it was it was sixty five dollars to leave, <sighs> right at six o'clock. Also, yeah. uh, again to reiterate that this park was not nearly set up when it got dark in Vegas. It gets dark. Um, and there's no like, l- like lighting in that park. So it ended up being like pretty pitch black 
yeah. <laughs> to, to leave at like six o'clock, six, six or seven o'clock. So it was like $65 for me to Uber out of the park. Literally walked across the street to the subway. And it was $15 cheaper. But it took 30 minutes for an Uber driver to accept my ride. Oh, sure. And, and so when she accepted it, she was great, by the way. Probably the best Uber driver I've had in 10 years. Absolutely fantastic. Incredible Uber driver. Wow, okay. All but right. I was, <laughs> but I was like, it took so long for you to take... It took so long for me to get assigned to you. And she was like, oh, yeah, in Vegas, people will decline a lot of rides because they know what's happening. And they know that, like, there's an event here and they don't want to pick up from it, which understandable. Like, when you're trying to pick up in the park, like, cars are trying to leave. Like, the parking lot is trying to leave and Uber drivers are trying to get in. And it's a nightmare. And I was like, I'm pretty sure, like, Uber and Lyft punish you for declining or not accepting rides and she she was like yeah they have no power in vegas because they need us so desperately so we can decline all the rides we want and uber will never revoke our account because like they need us uh here in vegas and i was like that is wild that that makes sense why it took so long for anyone to accept my ride yeah that makes a lot of sense now that you mentioned that you know thinking about just the logistics of what uber drivers do in vegas you probably want them. You probably want them more for, for public safety, if anything else. You know, you yeah. need to have that. I mean, that, like, so. and the, it goes back to what we said there. Like, car. You got a car? Because that's the mm. only way to get around this city. Um, Just to just kind of close the, the loop on the question, I think my score for what my experience was was about a six, maybe six and a half. I think that's probably right. And for what the experience was supposed to be, like if everything went flawlessly and let's just say there was another bench there and like two umbrellas for shade, let's just say that, right? Um, I would probably give that an eight, seven and a half, an eight, something like that. But I would agree that Seattle Go Fest knocked it out of the park as far as expectations. Like Seattle Go Fest made me feel like lessons had been learned from previous events mm-hmm. and were built upon. And Go Tour Vegas felt like, yes, it was a little bit different. But they went to such lengths to to make them sort of similar to GoFest that I was surprised at the lack of uh, translation. Let's just say that those lessons carried to this event. There were there was I guess we'll never know, but there was a small part of me that felt they were very underprepared for this event. Yeah, Um, like I think we arrived in Seattle days before GoFest, and you could tell that they were almost done setting up, like. Two days before, like, oh, you you guys are like ready to go for this weekend. Yeah, here it felt things, like, yeah, here it felt like, oh, you, you guys are not ready to go at all. <laughs> <laughs> that poor Torchic man. Oh man, <laughs> that inflatable Torchic was looking rough by the end of Sunday. Yeah, that, that inflatable Torchic was looking rough on hour one of that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm trying to throw our boy Torchic a little bit more respect, you know. <laughs> It, it makes it makes me excited for future events. Hopefully, they've learned their lesson here. <laughs> you would hope. Again, yeah. I think I think uh, Germany Go Fest and uh, Seattle Go Fest and the South Korea Safari Zone, even though it was like a little bit light, they all were pretty flaw free. I'm sure there's somebody listening being like, "I had issues." I'm I'm sure you did. Like, I am sure that some people had issues, but the overall like. You know, 30,000 people not being able to connect for two hours is is definitely different than like five people having AT&T issues. Or yeah, something. very different. Very different story. Yeah. Um. So 
hopefully they they walk away being like, okay, this is everything that went wrong. And we have, I, I don't know, we have four events this year. We have five events this year. Who knows how many? Um, I, I would assume they are, well, they did Spain last year, I think. Yeah, wasn't it Seville? Seville, yeah, they did Seville last year, so. Yeah, sorry, I meant Seville. No, <laughs> Seville, I learned that lesson uh, a little while ago. Yeah, so I, I am curious how this affects your confidence level in GoFest for this year. I would assume that they have a dedicated, I don't know, they, they have a dedicated GoFest team. Like that. Yeah. That would be my assumption. And that team has probably been working on that since the first one ended. Um, I'm not, you know, even if the, even if uh, Vegas didn't have the, the issues at the beginning, there were still little things that went poorly, like the food mm-hmm. trucks, like the yeah. seating. Um, so I don't know how those were overlooked. But if they were to say, I'm not I'm not going to lie, if they were to if they were to, you know, next week, say, here are the four events, one in Germany, one in mexico one in india and one in new zealand i I just literally made those up by the way <laughs> i would consider going to all of them mm-hmm. because it would give me a reason to travel um obviously we both talk about pokemon go and i genuinely like pokemon go as a game so yeah i used to i used to be the person that would go to at least one pax every year pax east or pax west all right technically i guess pax south when that existed and I was the person that went to C2E2 every year because I was just an hour north of Chicago. It was a very easy day trip to drive down and pay $700 for parking for the evening and then drive yeah. <laughs> yep. and, then, and then drive back, right? But after going to those events for so long, they, they very seldomly change. Like It's like the same vendors. Um, it's like the same indie games getting demoed it's like the same big companies showing up with like their newest hit that you may or may not care about so it's like do i want to spend the same if not more amount of money to go to boston or seattle you know cities i've been to multiple times and i do love those two cities to do events that are pretty similar than last year or do i want to go to south korea for the first time explore that city and also play a game i love right so for me like i'm very ready for niantic to announce more events because i've traveled to these bigger gaming events and i guess i'm kind of over them and and these go events are significantly more exciting to me even though it's just playing pokemon go (laughs) but i think again for me i think it's the travel part yeah, I would agree with you uh, on that. You know, like the the conventions that I've been to, I went to um, an ASEN here with my buddy, and I think I I think I'm good on ASEN, but it was a cool experience. Um, and I went to an RTX in Austin a, a number of years ago. The convention experience to me has definitely lost its luster, mm-hmm. especially in light of all the sorts of things that have happened over the past few years. A lot of other things to consider and talk about, and every space and every state has different policies and things right to to consider um and these outdoor events are just like one of the last bastions of like things that you can probably expect like you can you can have reasonable expectations and therefore expect less surprises when you get there because it's outside right yeah i i'm choosing to look at go fa- uh, sorry go tour hoen uh both the in-person event in vegas and the global event 
It's sort of like, I know this kind of goes anti to what we were saying before, like this isn't the first one. It does feel a little bit like Growing Pains to me because they were trying to turn it into something different. Oh, let's create this premium curated in-person event. Very cool. Let's steal some of the best ideas from GoFest and let's put them into this, right? Mm-hmm. Which kind of led to something that's like, oh, are they, just, are they just homogenizing these events? Obviously not with how the global event went, right? They, they're they trying to do two versions of it. Double dip, right? Right. And the global event becoming free instead of ticketed and therefore not being nearly as premium, I'm air quoting here, of an event. Like, if that's the direction they're going, I think if the event had gone off without a hitch in Vegas, the global event was uh was more explained so that people's expectations weren't sh- they, they didn't fall short of it right from their point of view i think like next year if we get the same sort of go tour um layout and events it'll go that much better because of it uh so i also have full confidence in in go fest i'm very very excited for the travel aspect of it but again just to see go players in person in mass it, hordes of go players you know it's just yeah. it's a site it really is a site <laughs> i think we both want niantic to get these things right and it's kind of oh, crazy yeah. that this game is going on to seven years old and we still have growing pains <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay that's okay as long as we keep improving that's cool yeah 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 i, I think like final takeaway is if don't don't ever pick the first day of a, a go event. You know, maybe maybe if you can only if you can only do one, uh, you know, maybe maybe just do the second day. <laughs> yep, a lot of people I talked to are like, I'm very happy I got a Sunday ticket, or I should have gotten a Sunday ticket. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, I guess that that's it. We plan for uh 45 minutes. We're here at an hour and 15. Uh, yep. Classic, classic <laughs> podcast experience. No ragrats. Uh-uh. Uh, for my listeners, uh, where can they find you? Oh, uh, well, you can find GoCast pretty much anywhere. So it's G-O-C-A-S-T uh, podcast, and it's the one about Pokemon. I think there's a couple of other GoCasts uh, floating around that aren't Pokemon related, but rest assured. Oh, are they, they are like GoCast. Uber podcasts? They're like, go, 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 go. <laughs> there, there's like another podcast that actually also has a Chris and Kyle on it, which is hilarious to me. Um, but they talk about just random things. And then there was another one that was like a mis- like a missionary podcast. I don't really know. Oh, very like go to Jesus. Yeah, that sort of stuff. There you go. Uh, right. Like outreach. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you can find us there. And, and we're most active on Twitter. I have an Instagram. I deleted the Facebook page because I couldn't stand it anymore. Mm. Uh but yeah, you can find us there. And what about for our listeners, Steve? Where can they find you? Sure. Uh, you can find uh, It's Super Effective wherever you find podcasts. Otherwise, um, I got very lucky a decade ago and I own uh, PokemonPodcast.com. So uh, <laughs> no one bought that domain. <laughs> hey, who could have known? Who, who would have guessed? <laughs> so yeah, for... Uh, for our listeners, another easy way to do it is uh, this is I'm pretty sure this is going to be true for everybody. If you go for like similar shows other people listen to, if you're subscribed to us, you will 100 percent see it's super effective right there. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks for making it to the end. Um, I think this will be in both our feeds, so you can find yeah. the other show pretty, pretty easily. But it will be the same show. It's just whether you want more Pokemon stuff or not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like red, blue, red version and blue version, but there's no exclusive Siege version. It's just oh, yeah. The <laughs> ultimate scam. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, cool. Well, thanks for your time, Steve, and thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Yeah, we will see you guys next time. Bye. See ya. This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. A huge shout out to our producers of the episode, starting with Stephen, Kay, William, Tony, Stuart, Ryan, Nate, Matthew, Bovine, Catherine, Casey, Josh, Jessica, Gray, Courtney, Chris, Brian, Anthony, and our executive producers of Spencer and Brady. Thank you so much for the continued support. If you too would like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. That is patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. And you can sign up to get a bunch of rewards, including having your name read at the end of the episode. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.